You're listening to another episode of the Zag Erker Soap here. Excited to be joined by 2016 NLC LA fellow and longtime board member Chris Alvis is here. We're going to talk design. We're going to talk dodgeball. We're going to talk a bunch of other weird things probably too. Excited to have him on. Let's get to it. All right, Chris. So let me ask you this. When I feel like often my interaction with you is sending you out of the blue random emails saying, hey, what if we, could we make a thing that looks like this or that? So since designing is your actual career, what do you think when you receive emails like that from me or from random other people who want you to design things? <laughs> uh, good question. Yeah. Um, do I need to respond is kind of the, the first question. As you may have noticed, sometimes your emails go like, oh shit, I did not realize that I needed to respond to that. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Do I need to respond? I think is the, the first question. And so then when you tackle design projects in general, let's say you did respond because that would be a nice thing to do. And then you're like, okay, I might want to design that. So when you are conceiving of say like a flyer for an event or someone asks you to design a logo, how does your, your brain even start the process of figuring out how it should look? I mean, hot damn, Eric, you're just jumping right in. I really like this. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's really about like, who's the, who's the intended audience. So just really trying to think about getting in the headspace of, you know, if I were to receive this, whether it be a cold call or I know it's coming, uh, how is this picture being painted? So it's, it's really about like, what is the intended audience? How are they going to interpret, perceive, read it, and then, uh, go from there. And then in terms of how you develop the technical skills to put these things together, kind of walk us through, that story was it something inspirational when you're five years old in kindergarten and a great art teacher or did something happen later on in life uh yeah that's a i'm still figuring it out to be honest with you design is really it's it's sort of like any uh, tool that you have or any skill you have you know it's only going to be as good as you exercise it if that makes sense you know um, so I, I was on the, in high school, I was on the yearbook staff sort of creating, like, it was kind of the, the era of Photoshop and, and, you know, creating things digitally versus, you know, the old school way of kind of like laying it out pen and paper and photo and, and transparencies and stuff like that. So, uh, it was really just sort of jumped into it, like liking computers, liking, you know, trying to figure out, am I a programmer? Am I a designer? You know, how am I going to use this tool? Uh, that's really sort of the origin story. And then as you develop your skills over time, like what is your preferred platform to use? Uh, platform. Um, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm using kind of everything. It's, it's, you know, design is more about like communication if you really think about it. Um, so, you know, I, I might be designing, but I'm not, you know, it's, it might be an email that I'm, that I'm designing. And I don't mean that in terms of like a newsletter. I mean that just in the words really trying to consider, you know, how people are going to interpret, perceive, you know, receive uh, the message. So uh, my preferred tools really are, are InDesign, uh, sort of the Adobe suite of things. So InDesign, uh, Photoshop, Illustrator, After Effects, that kind of thing. And because so many people now either consider themselves rightly or wrongly content creators or are doing it for their actual job, doing it for a side hustle, doing it for a hobby. So many people have access to make so many different kinds of content now. What do you see as a usual uh, shortcomings of those types of creations? When you, what makes you cringe when you, when you see things? Uh, well, I mean, I guess it's just not consideration. You know, I mean, I think that 
anyone, I, I don't really think of myself as, you know, any more, uh, quote unquote, like elite, uh, you know, as a designer than anyone else. I mean, I really think it's about, you know, what I said before, considering who the audience is. And I think as soon as, you know, whether you're using Comic Sans as a font or not, if you're considering the, uh, the audience, you know, I, I think that you could be successful. Um, it, it is really about who's going to be receiving it, you know, and I think if, if, you know, Comic Sans, uh, consistently tried to sort of own Comic Sans as just a design exercise because everyone, you know, designer, non-designer knows that like Comic Sans is sort of the, you know, uh, the, the devil of design, but, you know, even can you own something like Comic Sans in a, in a, in a graphic and a design that, you know, just communicates what you want to communicate. So I don't know if there's any real like faux pas or, or cringeworthy things. It's just, you know, if you're, if you're obviously not considering the audience, you know, and I think you've like Seth Godin has done a, a, a bunch of sort of uh, TED talks, you know, two or three TED talks on, you know, communicating and, and, and the intended audience and not really considering, okay, if I was the use case, would this make sense to me? Mm. So, yeah, that makes sense. And when I think about where we're at now with NLC LA and our, our look, um, a lot of it was piecemeal one-off stuff. And then you were a fellow in 2016. And obviously since you did that for a career, we, we tried to maximize your, your talents then with the, with the fundraiser. And then since then, a lot of your look that you established for that event has continued on as the NLC LA way, partly because you already did it and you're good at it. Um, but what do you think about what we convey as a, as a chapter, um, kind of stands out like what is your thought process as you've been asked to do certain things over time about really trying to communicate what NLCLA is to the general public Uh, yeah um i mean again interesting question Uh, you know i think it's nlc is such a diverse group of people you know whether it be like race gender like sort of career choice so, you know, it's, it's interesting to sort of try to figure out how to tell each individual story, you know, like the, the interesting thing to me about NLC was how each individual, you know, like were, came to NLC with their, their own sort of, you know, whether that, what you can call it a story or, you know, their sort of experience or whatever. Uh, how do you, how do you tell that story through a, uh, like predefined uh, look and feel, if that makes any sense. But, you know, I think that trying to figure out how to give each person their individual, their, their voice or their sort of, you know, box to stand on to sort of say what they care about, um, as well as trying to make it feel that it's a cohesive piece, you know, that this is NLC, whether you see that, you know, uh, my preferred um, cause is like community, how do you build community versus, you know, uh, food waste or education or whatever. So, um, you know, how you can communicate multiple ideas sort of in the same platform. Yeah, I think what's worked out well too is, I don't know if this was a, a choice that you saw the long-term benefit of, but with a lot of the images that we use, there's a black and white element to it and then a splash of spot color either for words or for what people are promoting, which I think ends up playing well because you can see the diversity of the people as humans of themselves, but then the black and white somehow adds consistency, but then that pop of color and what people are actually rallying for, what's their movement, I think plays really well. So I don't know if that was intentional or not, but I think it's really served us well in terms of putting us on the map and giving us a good graphic consistency that people seem to like. So nice job. 
if I had any money <laughs> to pay you, we would pay you. Thanks. But we're all yeah. over here. You know that. I'm, I'm doing one of those like double fist like head shakes on the side <laughs> of each, you know, of each of, of my head. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I think that it's that was kind of, to be honest, kind of one of those things that happens in design, which is a little bit of like a happy kind of accident, um, which I, that that sort of uh, phrase might be cringeworthy if we're looking for cringeworthy. But, um, you know, I think it's, it's uh, one of those things that just sort of came out of, you know, trying to establish a look and feel. And I think it lended itself to the concept of, you know, sort of blending in as individuals, but also standing out as like causes, you know, like that we're sort of part of the same, the same message, the same idea, you know, that we might have different causes, but, you know, we're each trying to sort of like strive towards uh, something like greater, yeah. if that makes any sense. Well said. When we come back, we'll ask about some other causes that Chris is into. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Zag. We'll be right back. All right. One of the things I don't think I understood about you fully before I met you was that you ran you ran a dodgeball league, but then the league had a very unique name. So share with folks what the name is, and I have some follow-up questions. Absolutely. Uh, the name is the Eagle Rock Yacht Club. Yeah, so very confused, because there were no yachts actually involved in this or- organization, correct? Not at all. So, so how did the name come to be? Uh, I mean, to be honest, we were really looking for something that uh, did not attract your, like, you know, if you saw dodgeball somewhere, we just really didn't want to attract, like, your your typical, like, aggro dodgeball seeker, if that makes any sense. I mean, not to, not to judge dodgeball seekers, but, I mean, we just were really looking for people who are more uh, into, like, building community and being part of, like, what we call the common good um, more than dodgeball, like dodgeball, we really, it, it is a dodgeball league. It is 100% a dodgeball league, but it's sort of the second or, or third thing that we really try to focus on. And then how has the con- community service and the doing good piece grown over, over time? Uh, I mean, interesting. It, it, uh, you know, when it first started, it was, you know, I have a dog, I've, I've adopted dogs. I really care about sort of animal, animal, you know, welfare and safety. And, it sort of started as kind of a, you know, oh, let's host a tournament uh, to, to raise money for like the Pasadena, um, you know, the Humane Society or let's, uh, let's raise some money for uh, AIDS awareness with a dodgeball tournament. And as we sort of, you know, started to continue to play dodgeball, we sort of realized that there's these places called city parks that uh, go kind of kind of uh, unloved and unappreciated. So um, as, as we, we sort of have shifted our mission towards supporting uh, public parks that are like in our communities, you know, th- these have been things that have been these hubs of, of community, um, you know, sort of building and, and things like that. And we've really tried to uh, underscore that and really, really build on it. So, you know, whether that be, uh, raising money to, you know, resurface the, the gym floor or bring people in that are photographers or designers or screen printers or, you know, chefs or whatever to host a, a class for kids that, you know, that are always at the rec center. Um, that's sort of where things have kind of uh, shifted into. And then at what point in the league's history did you guys graduate out of Eagle Rock itself? When did it start going citywide? Ooh, fun fact, we were never in Eagle oh, Rock. <laughs> Wait, so you tried to uh, pick the most kind of random community location yeah, combined with some yachts was, and see what would happen? It was, it was, I mean, it was really sort of just trying to like scan cities that, that like, you know, were in Los Angeles, but like 
obviously it was like the irony of like there, there's no bodies of water in eagle rock like what are you talking about so if you you know if you knew a little bit about los angeles you know it was just sort of that like wait what it, it was more of you know like we've all seen those you know those ads on tv where you know there's like a sarah mclaughlin song like in the background or something like that it was really just about like it sort of changed it flips the conversation where if I'm an, if it's a nonprofit organization that I'm a, pro, a part of and it's called the Eagle Rock Yacht Club, I don't I don't necessarily have to tell you about it. Like you're asking me, you know, like wait, what, <laughs> what yachts? What are you talking about? Like what is that? I don't understand. Where does this come in? There's dodgeball. So then it becomes like more of an like people are inquisitive about it versus you know sort of trying to sell it or talk about it in a way that's you know like having just sort of trying to sell the idea, you know, like people are asking questions and then you get to answer if that makes sense. And then, so you've been around something that's grown with the Yacht Club and you've been around something that's continually growing each year with, with NLC. Where do you want to see those two things go in the next couple of years, especially given the uh, climate that we're in administration wise? Yeah. Um, man, you know, fuck Trump. Am I allowed to say no, that? but we'll try um, to edit out afterwards if I can. Yeah, please, <laughs> please, yeah, please bleep that. Yeah. I mean, I hope you can't, by the way, just, um, I mean, where, you know, where I really want to see the Yacht Club grow. And it's, it's interesting because there's sort of, uh, Yacht Club and NLC are on some interesting parallel paths. Um, Yacht Club, we're in, we are in uh, four cities, four sort of municipalities, whatever you want to call them, in Los Angeles. We have, uh, we have Glassell Park, we have Highland Park, we have North Hollywood, we have Venice, and we have Westwood. Um, Westwood and is really not our... Uh, target demographic, but we had a situation where like a rec center director was like trying to build kids programs and like pulled us in to sort of, you know, do it because there wasn't anyone showing up to the rec center. So, you know, there's that aspect of it, but I mean, really it's, it's about empowering individuals to get involved in their community from a yacht club perspective, which is what I think is also interesting about NLC. You know, it's how, how can you give individuals the skills that they need to, you know, join a neighborhood council or, you know, lead a, a congressional, you know, charge to sort of take over, you know, what's going on and just sort of really fuel conversation. You know, I think that that's something that's interesting about the Yacht Club and what we've really been able to do is, you know, we, we have people like when we started and where we originally started was Highland Park when Highland Park was, you know, not the, the boom town that it is now, you know, it was, it was very, uh, low key, very low income. Um, and you know, I, I, I lived in the neighborhood and I was, you know, saw it at the city park and was like, I, I want to try to help out in some way. And, you know, I thought that people were that way, you know, people starting the conversation, bringing people in, showing them, you know, what resources and things are here and available to us that our tax dollars pay for, you know, these are things that, that we contribute to without contributing to. So yeah, how can how can we further that? Makes sense. And the last thing, uh, you love to travel. Seems like you're always in interesting, exotic places. Anything coming up this fall? You want to share? You want to share? Ooh, uh, I mean, nothing. I don't, honestly, I do not have any travel plans this summer. I did just end a trip to uh, have a supa, which is all over the Instagram, and not just mine, but everyone's. Uh, it's you know a permit. Uh, application you have to sort of figure out at the beginning of the year and really, really beautiful place. Um, you know, again, you know, it, it's hard to sort of turn off, 
you know, just the, the perspective that, you know, as a progressive that we bring. And it was, it was just interesting to see like what was going down at, at an Indian reservation in kind of the middle of nowhere, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that's all I have to say. Listen, give us the Instagram handle to check your stuff out so people can see your design of wizardry and hopefully reach out to you and give you business. Ooh, uh, yeah. Um, at the yacht club. So if you can't spell yacht, it's a tricky word for some Look of us. Up. Y a y a c h t yacht club the yacht club nice. yeah and you can also look up the zag and when you look up the zag and you see that really cool logo that picture logo that designed by chris nice job designed by chris nice job woo woo again doing that cheers cheers to me love it uh anthem thanks for listening to this episode thanks for staying tuned to all episodes of the zag there's over 70 now itunes store google play all that good stuff stay tuned for more episodes coming soon for more episodes coming soon 